0: Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari.
1: Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to another episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Shonda Palmer from Shonda Palmer Wellness She is an integrative health coach who teaches caregivers how to meditate and practice mindfulness. So we're going to be talking about mindfulness practices, meditation, qigong, and a lot more. So stay tuned for that. If you do not currently subscribe to this podcast, you can visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com, and you can click on subscribe right there.
0: This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of the use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.
1: And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Golf Tours.
0: Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at gofftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, gofftours.com. You remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost, and we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas.
2: Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance, and specialty margaritas.
1: Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, my guest is Shonda Palmer, Mindfulness Coach from Vista, California. How are you?
2: Hi, Dawn. So good to be with you today.
1: Great. Well, thank you for joining me. So how did you get into mindfulness and wellness coaching?
2: Mm, I have such, I think, a unique story because I never thought I would be doing this work. I was a homeschool mom, a stay-at-home homeschooling mom for 20 years.
1: That's probably some challenges. That's a whole other topic right there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) True, very true. And through my family and their health issues and the stress that going on in our family, I kind of fell into mindfulness and wellness on a whole new level that I didn't even know existed beforehand. But I was really sort of forced into it, if that makes sense. I had to learn how to take care of myself so that I could take care of my family. Mm -hmm. Because there's just everything to me. And My daughter was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, and my husband was really struggling with some autoimmune disease symptoms, and I had to take care of everybody, so I had to learn how to take care of myself first.
1: Oh, so when you're a caregiver and you're taking care of others all the time, it's very easy to forget about yourself, and I know you specialize in working with caregiving women.
2: I do, yes, because that was me. I was that woman. I took care of everybody, not just my kids and my husband, but I served in my community and I was very active in my faith group and in my homeschool community. So I was really juggling a lot of things and I was fast approaching burnout. So I had to take care of myself so I could do the work that I really knew that I needed to do, You know, not only you know, serving my family, but serving others.
1: So you discovered mindfulness, and what was the first thing that you discovered about it? Did you stumble upon a book or something online?
2: Well, it, it's funny how that happens. I had been meditating for a while. I was actually working with a coach, and she, as an aside, mentioned meditation, and she wasn't a meditation coach but she said it might be something that i'd like to look into so i started to learn about meditation literally from a book nice. <laughs> yeah i would just read the chapter and then do the meditation no audios or recordings and so that's how i first started meditating and then i really started to feel this greater peace and calm that I hadn't been experiencing. It was really this great feeling. <laughs> I I never felt this way before. And so I continued with my meditation practice and I started to crave more. So I was looking for different ways I could practice and I discovered that UCSD, which is local to me in San Diego, had a center for mindfulness and yeah it was so and i couldn't believe it i i never knew that before and it's one of the top centers for mindfulness in the country and so i started taking classes at ucsd and learning more about not just meditation but mindfulness and i knew that this was something that was not just for me it was I went through these trials in my life so that I could learn this practice and so I could share it with others. So I learned about a practice called mindful self-compassion, and that changed everything.
1: So for our listeners who may not know what what this is, can you describe mindful self-compassion?
2: Yeah, it's a really beautiful practice. It was developed by Dr. Kristen Neff, and she's really the expert on self-compassion and she created this program on using three pillars of mindfulness common humanity and self-compassion so that we can treat ourselves like we would treat a good friend as women especially we're so hard on ourselves and we treat others so much better so it's really learning how to treat yourself like you would a good friend or a loved one and to bring a kind awareness to the hard things and the hard emotions that you're feeling. So not beating yourself up or you know having the negative self-talk, but really bringing a kindness to yourself.
1: Maybe what is one way that someone can do that say someone is beating herself up and is so kind to everyone and not to herself and it's really starting to affect her state of mind and day-to-day living what is one thing she could do
2: the first step is really using mindfulness which is being aware and noticing what the experience is we often don't notice what's going on. We try to numb and push away these uncomfortable feelings. But when we notice and bring mindfulness to our thoughts and our bodies, our body sensations, because all emotion lives in our body, and we can feel the different sensations. And when we bring awareness to those sensations, that is the first step. And then we can bring a hand on your heart, or on that area where you're feeling discomfort. Bringing that gentleness, that warmth of your hand, and breathing into that, and just allowing it to be there. Again, not pushing it away, not telling yourself that you shouldn't feel this way, or you know, get a grip or whatever it is you're telling yourself, but really bringing that kindness and even giving yourself a kind word such as it'll be okay or This too is worthy of being seen whatever words that Perhaps you'd say to a good friend to support yourself
1: So the words you're going to say to a good friend you just say to yourself And that definitely helps. So anything else that someone could do?
2: Yeah, there's so many different practices. And that's one of the things that I teach is the different practices. But another really beautiful part of self-compassion is opening your heart to others. So it's much easier to feel compassion for others than it is for Mm -hmm. ourselves. So when you think about, you know, there are others in this world who perhaps have felt the same pain that I have felt. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. someone who's feeling it right now or going through the stress or the trial or whatever it is. And you open your heart and you think about those people in the world. And that opens your heart and you're then able to not only have compassion, but turn it back on yourself and offer yourself, again, that same sort of kindness and awareness. And that is the piece that Kristen Neff calls common humanity. And it's very similar to that, you know, in the world, we have these different movements like Me Too movement. And it's that connection and that we're not feeling isolated in our own trial and it's a a really beautiful way to connect your heart with others and you don't have to know them you know it could be someone on the other side of the world but you just know that you're not alone Mm -hmm. that there are others who felt the same way and that brings that openness and a softening I think of the heart and then you're able to give yourself what you need in that moment
1: you're opening up your heart to others, but this is also for you.
2: Yeah, it goes both ways. And I think that's such a nice part of the practice because a lot of people think, oh, I can't be self-compassionate because that's selfish. Mm-hmm.
1: I was going to ask about that. But really,
2: that's a myth. Yeah, that's a myth. And as you cultivate self-compassion, it actually enables you to be a more compassionate person mm-hmm. in general. In this world, I always say, this world needs more compassion.
1: So by being compassionate to self, you're able to, like you illustrated in the second point, by opening your hearts to others, you're able to be compassionate with others. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. And so you mentioned there were a couple uh, health struggles in the family. And so the mindfulness really helped you as you were caregiving. Do you mind sharing anything else from your story? that can help others going through through this, especially as another caregiver.
2: Absolutely. Yes. I was really struggling with not just caring for my family, but also my own health. And I was just going down kind of a dark pit. I was really struggling with energy Mm -hmm. and emotional eating. That was huge. And I know that all of these things that I was experiencing with my health, were really just a byproduct of the stress that I was feeling and trying not to feel the stress, like resisting it, which was actually amplifying those stressful feelings, right? Because I wasn't open to them. So as I was pushing them away, they just kind of came back stronger and stronger. Not only was I just feeling really unwell and gaining a lot of unhealthy weight my blood pressure was skyrocketing, and that was really scary. I can imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of health issues going on there that I knew I needed to get a handle on, or this was not going to be pretty. So, with the meditation and the mindfulness practice, I also started practicing a practice called Qigong, which is part of the traditional Chinese medicine model. And that literally just came to me. I honestly don't know (laughs) how I discovered it. One day, I just knew that I needed to find out more about Qigong. And at the time, my oldest daughter was living in China. And I texted her and said, Hey, do you know anything about Like Tai Chi or anything like that. And she said she'd seen people practicing in the park, but she didn't really know much about it. So I just went on this quest and looked up Qigong on the internet and just started practicing in my living room from YouTube videos. And that was the start of a whole new journey and path. And then becoming a Qigong teacher. And I love Qigong and I enjoyed teaching you, Don, on the beach.
1: <laughs> yes, that was, I was going to say, it was wonderful. And it almost like came to me because, you, you know, we had found each other on Instagram and then we met up and then, and the Qigong and it really, I remember the day before was quite stressful and doing that. I mean, I felt great and I'm so motivated to learn more about it. So I'm going on YouTubes and. You can come back down and teach me some more. It is it is really <laughs> wonderful. So Qigong, it's a moving meditation, and it's coming from the traditional Chinese medicine. And so how can people learn more about it or learn it? Because it isn't offered at a lot of places. Tai Chi is sometimes, but not the Qigong.
2: Right. It's. I'm not sure why, but a lot of people don't offer it. And it's so – I am such a huge fan of Qigong because it's so – accessible Mm -hmm. to everyone you know my teacher is lee holden and he is a great qigong teacher he's up in the bay area Mm -hmm. but he has shared with me that he has taught qigong to preschoolers in the morning and then gone to a retirement home in the afternoon and it is really for everyone for all ages and all you know, bodies, you can practice Qigong in a chair if you need to. So it's a really great way to decrease your stress, but also to give you more energy, Yes, which is what I was really needing. I needed both of those, right? Less stress and more energy.
1: (laughs) And I did notice that. I noticed that when I tried it and I've I tried it since that. It does give, give you energy. It also made me feel grounded, powerful and grounded and relieving stress. So you said, so Lee Holden? Yes. He's online. And does he also have courses that you I mean he's in the Bay Area so people can travel? Uh-huh. Okay. So you can learn. Yeah,
2: he has a lot of courses actually.
1: Because I'm interested in that. I was like, I'm thinking about that. So he's in the, he's Bay Area based. So people who are close to the West Coast and I'm sure on the East Coast. And online. Oh, and online as well. I have seen the online training and then I do see that he does things as well. So that's one thing that people could try as well. And you also teach Qigong.
2: I do, yes.
1: (laughs) So... For people who are new to meditation or maybe they're afraid of sitting, I know I was like this, of sitting and clearing their mind. What's some advice for people new to it?
2: Mm, That's such a great question because that is really a stumbling block for people. And I like to say that that is a mindfulness myth. Because our brains, we can't clear our brain. It's impossible. Our brains are designed Mm -hmm. and created to think. So we actually use the thoughts that come up as part of the practice. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's especially good to practice the self-compassion. Because we often judge ourselves as we're sitting in meditation and we have the wandering mind and our thoughts are... You know, keep coming up. We're judging ourselves, like, oh, why can't I clear my mind? Why can't I stop thinking? Mm -hmm. So we use compassion, self compassion, as we notice the thoughts that are coming up. And we just take note of, oh, they're thinking, or oh, there's some thoughts arising. And then we use that as a cue to bring ourselves back to that mindfulness bring ourselves back to an anchor, you know, perhaps the breath or feeling our feet on the ground, whatever it is that you choose as your anchor. And really, it's the thinking and the thoughts that may be, you know, distracting us a little bit that are helping us to be mindful. So we can also bring compassion and kindness for those thoughts that are coming up. So it's all part of the practice.
1: Nice. And as you mentioned, you can't completely clear your mind. So when the thoughts come up while you're meditating, just kind of notice them as almost like scenery when you're walking.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, that's advice that I've given to people because that's what I noticed. And that was a way to look at it and to examine and not judge your thoughts as being, you know, I shouldn't be thinking about this or just That's the thought, and you see it, and then there's another thought.
2: Just like clouds going by in the sky, you notice them, and you acknowledge them, and then you just let them keep going.
1: Nice. Now, as a coach, do you have any success stories that you can share uh, about any of your clients, of course, respecting privacy?
2: Yes. (laughs) You know, I love my clients so much, and the work that they do is so powerful, actually had an interesting experience with a recent client who is, you know, a busy executive and when we ended her coaching program, I asked her what has been your biggest takeaway? What has been of most value to you in this process? And she said that she was now, taking a mindful breath several times throughout the day, and that was making all the difference for her. And I just thought it was so interesting and so beautiful because it's such a simple act. But that is what made the difference for her. So we think that, oh, we need to have this, you know, huge transformation, and and we often judge ourselves because we think, you know, we should on ourselves (laughs) that we should be doing this or that, or, Mm -hmm. but really it's those small and simple things that can make all the difference for you. So I was impressed. I was grateful that she shared that with me because it was another kind of testimony to me that this work is simple, but powerful, and it really can change your life.
1: Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that. And now for people who want to get a hold of you or they're interested in your coaching programs, do you have a website that people can find you at?
2: I do. It's ShondaPalmer.com. You can visit me on my website and I'm also, as you know, very active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's Shonda Palmer Wellness. And I share some tips on there and I share about my little farm here in San Diego with lots of llama and chicken videos and,
1: and then also you have a facebook as well
2: i do yes i have a private facebook group called everyday mindfulness for caregiving women and i do a 10-day meditation challenge in that group a couple times of a year i just finished one up mm-hmm. but the videos are still in the group i do 10 days of guided meditations and we have a really great group a very supportive group
1: Nice. So check that out and the website. And now, is there anything you want to say to our listeners before we sign off?
2: Mm. I just encourage you to take a mindful breath and just feel the difference that that can make, just breathing in through your nose and letting it out through your mouth and noticing the shift in your body. And bringing your hand on your heart or perhaps your cheek, someplace where it feels comforting and supportive. And just feeling that, feeling that gentle warmth and kind gesture and allowing yourself to feel that love and compassion. And just noticing that. And and if you do that, Every day, you'll start to notice a change in your thoughts and in your actions towards yourself and towards others.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you again for joining me on A Teaspoon of Healing today. Thank you. I think you have a great rest of your day, Shonda. You too, Dawn. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Shonda, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. Click on contact, I'll get back to you. You can also look up Shonda at Shonda Palmer Wellness on Instagram or visit her Facebook group, Everyday Mindfulness. And while you're at my website, you can check out my blog. You can learn about Reiki and lots more. Stay tuned. The next episode is coming up next
0: week. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. Hey there, this is Sean. And this is Frank Jag from Sensibly Cynical. And you can check us out on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher application.
2: Or just be real, you can just Google our name, Sensibly Cynical.
0: That too.